Um, it's so funny. All right, you guys ready to jump in? No. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> Nathan, how's Welcome everything to- going with the new job? Oops, sorry. How's everything going with the new job? Yeah. <laughs> it's it's a it's a decent environment to be in. I can't lie to you. I'd love to just be behind the chair. It's closer yeah. to home and, you know, glorified adult babysitting isn't my favorite thing in the world. Yeah, I feel like sometimes when you get off and we talk and you vent it, at least at the other place, it's kind of what it sounded like. Like, yeah, dude, this guy keeps like leaving in and out and not doing shit and no, it, this conversation always, with him. And... Like, these kids are much better. They're great students, but it's adult babysitting. Should no I, matter should, how should, great the student, it's adult babysitting. I, I Do any of them watch this podcast and are going to hear you <laughs> say that? Uh, I think one of them subscribed, and if they hear it, cool. Hey, Do better. I'm, I'm, I'm joking. I'm, babys- I'm babysitting <laughs> you, Brady, That's and getting paid for it. So, uh, All right, Kagan, I interrupted you. Take us away. Mm. All right. Welcome to episode 83 of the Retic Lounge. We are back with another segment of TikTok <laughs> with Nathan Katz, Lucas Bagnara, and myself, Kagan Andrew. We are incredibly pleased to bring you a wonderful array tonight of topics and discussions. Uh, but first, as always, thank you to our uh, sponsors and specifically one of our new ones, which I'm super excited about, which is Adler Room. If you guys are looking for some kind of Oh, logo design or art or YouTube intro. Adler is a fantastic artist. He's a wonderful friend. He is incredibly talented. And he actually just recently designed my logo as well. So shout out to Adler. Yeah. If you guys are wondering what the hell the thumbnail for this episode was about with my face crawling out from underneath, that's all Adler. <laughs> Thank you. Well, stop blaming Adler on this. I didn't give him the idea. I didn't think he'd execute it. I was dicking around. <laughs> I saw so specifically good. in the text messages. Can you make this dead center? <laughs> no, I, I, said, I said, put it on the bottom with my face crawling out. And he literally uh, did that. Oh, okay. I, I see what your idea is now. And he just, uh, yeah, he, he put he, it like dead center. He just magnified it a little. Exactly. Bit. He made it the whole fucking thumbnail. Thanks. <laughs> hey, it was better than the first one where it looks like I'm just like creepily getting off to you guys holding snakes. Oh, KK, we have to send you that. Uh, it was you holding a snake. It was the snake around my face, all like weird looking. And then and, it was uh-huh. Nathan's professional photo in the background standing up tall. Just me all stiff, with, just like. With... I kind of thought it was hilarious. And Nathan was like, bro, I'm not it. doing this. I hated it. The uh, laugh that just escaped my throat was awful. I'll send you the full chat to what I said to Lucas in the morning. You'll, I think you'll get a kick out of that, too. Yeah. Bless I'll just you. say it here. Nathan's like, I don't enjoy being the cuck in this situation. <laughs> <laughs> it was hilarious. I was in the sauna when he was doing that, and I was already just sweating balls and was like, jeez. I hope there was a lot of people in there and they just saw you laugh out of nowhere and just thought you were crazy. No, I thought it was, uh, it it entertained my morning. Um, and, and when I'm on like minute 20 in the sauna, I'm pissed off already. Like I want to get out of there. Yeah. I either feel like I'm going to throw up or like (laughs) pass out. Right. People are probably like, why do you even do something that you hate? I don't know. I can't tell you that, but I know that like five minutes after I get out, I feel great. Okay. Um, all right. 
let's start off on our very first thing that we said we would do each TikTok, which we are going to highlight someone in the industry that is doing great things, that is keeping their animals well. And we have Chris Hokey of Constrictor Cove that we want to highlight. Whether you've poured your heart and soul into your reptile business or you've just begun your business journey, AE Foundry has you covered with next level expertise in graphic design, motion graphics, videography, photography, and so much more. If you've been dying for a new logo for your reptile business, motion graphics for your current logo, a new website, or need assistance making your video podcast come to life, then listen carefully. AE Foundry's mission places storytelling at its core. AE Foundry believes that a distinctive story and background are the driving forces that set your brand apart. In today's market, consumers seek more than just products. They crave a connection built on trust with the brands they cherish. AE Foundry is committed to empowering small businesses and fostering authenticity that resonates with their consumers. Reach out to them and let them help you craft a visual narrative that helps establish a genuine and lasting connection with your audience. To contact AE Foundry, email them at aromero at aefoundry.com or on Instagram at aefoundry. If you are in the market for an enclosure for your reticulated python or any other one of your reptiles, Focus Cubed Habitats is your one-stop shop for not only the best-looking cages on the market, but also provide amazing features and add-ons to your cages. We partnered with Focus Cubed Habitats because they continue to innovate and change the way we house our animals unlike any other caging company out there. Their cages are designed intelligently and provide the most stylish and secure housing for your animal's comfort and well-being. Visit focuscubedhabitats.com for your animal's caging needs. Again, visit focuscubedhabitats.com for some amazing and stylish enclosures. We also want to thank VivTech Products for being an affiliate sponsor of the Retic Lounge. Stop by VivTech Products for the best UV spectrum lighting on the market that will enhance and improve your snake's overall well-being and health. Visit VivTechProducts.com and use the code RETICLOUNGE23 today for 15% off. Again, visit VivTechProducts.com and use our affiliate code RETICLOUNGE23 today for 15% off. Looking for the perfect accessories for your hatchlings or juvenile retics? Look no further than Heli Guy Serpents. Our sponsor, Chris Sexton, is coming in hot with an amazing 3D printer, creating top-notch perches and other caging accessories for your beloved pets. Enrich your retics environment with their high-quality products. Use our promo code TRL10 for a 10% discount on your purchase. Visit them today at heliguyserpents.com and start giving your pets the best. Heli Guy Serpents, the premier source for 3D printed caging accessories. Again, that's www.heliguyserpents.com and use our promo code TRL10 for 10% off all of your 3D printed accessories today. Kagan, you also nominated him. What are your thoughts about Chris? I think Chris is a great guy. So my first impression of Chris was commenting on one of his animals on Facebook or something and just getting a really kind, thoughtful response. 
And, you know, a lot of times you'll get the, oh, thank you, you know, something like that. But he was genuinely excited to talk about his animals. He was appreciative of the compliment. It was just like, man, this guy really likes his snakes and he's just a really And he's got absolutely beautiful animals. He, so I wrote down a few of the localities he has. He's got some Sulas, Tombalongans, Ternates, um, and then specifically... He works with the Rennet Ghost Morph. He Damn, has some shout really out to Nathan, just ready with the gorgeous, Instagram right? right there. Snapping that in there. Um, he's got some really gorgeous Rennet Ghost stuff. And you know what he yeah. has that I'm about to get that I love? What? The, the Pimboras, the Sri Lankans. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And that's and let awesome. me let, on that note, like me and Chris have talked and have messaged back and forth, but I had some questions about the, the Sri Lankans and, you know, mostly about their attitude because, you know, they're not known for being the friendliest, but he has a video on there of him scratching one of their chins. Um, and, um, just was, I was like, okay, so, um, how'd you do it? Like, what did you do? Um, and he, just he's like hey you got time for a phone call and i'm like yeah and so we literally spent 30 minutes on the phone just talking um look that's them right there on the right they're freaking gorgeous um oh that's awesome oh the blushing on the head right peachy heads um welcome to the pimbora lounge um so so (laughs) no he took like 30 45 minutes out of his time to talk to me and um you know and and he's also getting a a pair of slayers from me and Mm -hmm. so you know, and he's a supporter of the Patreon. Uh, so he's also got Timor pythons, which I'm about to dive pretty heavy into. Really excited about Timors. But I, I had commented on his, one of his posts like, hey, I mean, these are some, yeah, these are some gorgeous animals. And we got into a really awesome back and forth. And I'm like, all right, well, when yours end up having babies, put me on that list because I want to be one of the first ones you contact when you have babies. I, you say oh. here, bucket list species, so gorgeous and growing so nicely. Look at that. Can't wait to see the babies you produce. <laughs> did you did you read that comment? Is that what you were reading and referencing? No. If you guys don't if, if no, you guys she, don't know she just got called out and thrown under the bus by her, her own comment. Right. If you guys don't know, she writes notes for everything. So it wouldn't surprise me if she wrote that comment down on her notebook and she was reading it like verbatim. No, that was eight weeks ago. You see how excited I am about these? <laughs> that was actually um, on Facebook that we were talking about them. Right. Yeah. Um, but overall, just a really cool ass dude. And, um, you know, and, and he's keeping a diversified species. He posts awesome pictures and, um, and dude skateboards, right? That I don't know, but I mean, if he's an adult still skateboarding and hasn't like hit his nuts out of the skateboarding hobby, <laughs> kudos to him. Cause that, that's what got me out of it. <laughs> hey, I'm uh, an adult pretending I can still mountain bike. So I get it. It's a little well no that that can hurt the gonads too so oh yeah look his freaking profile picture is of him skateboarding there you go dude's a badass look look at this shit that's him <laughs> kick flipping it kick flipping it regular old tony hawk <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah great dude Chris, great guy <laughs> Yeah, we appreciate you bringing him to to light and and making us uh, highlight him tonight. Yeah, so if you guys aren't following him, you see his page right there, Constrictor underscore Cove. Give him a follow. He's got some great stuff, not just retic related. Um, You definitely won't be disappointed on his post. 
Yeah. Oh, man. All right. Let's let's jump into our first topic that we're going to talk about today, and that is quarantine. quarantine new animals. Yeah. So I just figured it would be a really good idea with tax returns coming in, people getting this influx of money, burning a hole in their pockets. I'm sure everybody has had their eyes on some really cool animals for a while and have been wanting to get something new for their collection. Some of you guys, or just with the new morph market auctions dropping, getting really, really good deals on animals that maybe you weren't obtainable before, but you got a really solid price on, you know, people are getting all these new animals in. I just figured it would be a good idea to have a little refresher on just why quarantining is so important if you already have animals at home. What, what do you do to quarantine? So I have a setup uh, in, in a completely different room um, where I will have that animal for five to six months, just in that room on its own heat away from everything else um, where it just, you know, I interact with that animal completely differently. Uh, I don't go back and forth between the rooms. So if I have, animals in the reptile room that I need to go clean first. I'll go and deal with them. And then I make sure to handle anything new last. There you go. Yeah. I mean, Nathan, what about you? I mean, Mr. I don't buy snakes from anybody. Well, in I, I don't buy snakes from anyone, but in a rare turn of events, I had a snake ship back to me. Um, we'll, we'll go into that a little bit later because I, but it does fit in because that snake is currently in my bedroom. There you go. Mm. A couple, a couple rooms away is the best I can do in my setup. Unfortunately, I don't have anyone that's willing to, you know, house snakes for me. Mm. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he's or she, sorry, is in my bedroom, and uh, the biggest reason. I mean, it was one of my animals I sent out, but it was in someone else's collection. One. And then they didn't have it with this rack, but they did end up seeing mites after, I believe, a show or something like that. So first thing I did was prep the tub, get get a permethrin treatment in there. And, you know, I've been treating every cleaning and just checking for mites. I haven't seen anything yet, but that animal's not going in my reptile room for another 30, 40 days. If I have that animal that long, but we'll talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, so for me, I have a, so I've consigned some clutches. And so what I, I have a hatchling rack upstairs. Um, I also have a V six rack upstairs, um, for, um, any larger animals that come in, um, mm -hmm. and by larger, you know, obviously not adult size. Um, and so, yeah, I'll treat the tub for mites. Um, you know, and I keep them on paper. Um, Nathan, my, my, if you do have that snake longer than, uh, 30 days, I definitely, you know, I ran into an issue where I was manically getting rid of mites in my mm -hmm. garage because I had taken in a clutch, um, six weeks, six whole weeks upstairs. Um, no signs of health issues. Um, I've gotten, I snake. remember this. Yeah. I've gotten no snakes from this person or I've, I've gotten several snakes from this person before. So I know I'm not concerned about like NIDO or anything. Um, and uh, six weeks and not a single snake soaked, not a single mite, nothing. Literally a two days after six weeks pass and I moved them down into my garage, 
saw one with mites and was like, son of a bitch. So mm-hmm. for yeah. anyone that thinks that the mite cycle and egg cycle is only 30 days, I'm a testament to that. And trust me, <laughs> I was I was looking at these hatchlings. That's why I was daily. leaning towards 40. <laughs> right. Like, and so, um, you but know, I, was, I, I don't think I'm going to have the animal that long, but I'm going to still be like spraying that enclosure yeah. probably weekly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, and outside of that, I really only get animals from a handful of people. Um, and um, I, I will say my quarantine measures are not as strict or the best as anyone else. Like I, I got two animals coming in on Wednesday that are going right into my collection because I trust this guy wholeheartedly. Um, you know, he's a phenomenal, phenomenal breeder keeper. Um, and I, I do not have what I need set up upstairs, which is going to change. I'm waiting to get an extra enclosure so I can move upstairs so I can start, um, quarantining much better. Um, so don't do as I do. Um, you know, but it's definitely an area where I have some area of improvement, but as far as quarantining goes, yeah, two to three months, you want to try to keep them away. And Kagan, to add to what you were saying, um, I highly recommend you get a whole separate set of tools. Um, yes. Tongs, uh, feeding tongs, uh, all, all that good stuff. Um, just get a yes. separate set. You know, I had a snake in my collection that I had to put down and, <clears throat> after test and viral panels and bacterial panels and all this stuff, we were never able to find out what was wrong with him. Um, I had him in a rack, several spaces below the next snake. And I never took him out on the days that I handled any other snakes. I had a separate set of tools for him that as soon as I was done with those tools, they went into a bucket and was filled with bleach water. Um, And yeah, I mean, just even within your own collection, outside of getting new animals, you need to have a quarantine procedure. Um, mm-hmm. If you ever have a sick animal, uh, you got to remember that, you know, a, a respiratory infection is a bacterial infection and bacteria spreads. So you don't mm-hmm. want to use the same tools, the same scrubs. All that One thing I'd add to that too, Lucas, is you don't want to even have the same clothes on when you go into your room like oh especially if you're like worried about mites (laughs) yeah you don't want the same clothes on you need to thoroughly clean before clean and have a fresh pair of clothes on before you even think about going into your main collection that's why i do the main stuff first yep and then quarantine stuff that way like if there's anything funky with the quarantine or you have, you know, just being precautious, it's like, that's the last thing you're doing. That's the last thing you're touching. You're not going back into the main room with the animals. Yeah. Makes um, laundry easier. Yeah. It's <laughs> um, I also just to right off the bat, like I'm, I'm someone who, you know, I could improve on my quarantine measures. Now I've had a handful of people buy snakes for me and they test those snakes for Nido and other things. And it's always come back negative. I've had a few share it. Uh, on their social media. And so I've been fortunate that I haven't dealt with anything like that, but I will say, um, uh, I I don't necessarily judge anyone negatively if they don't have like the best quarantine procedures. Like there's a lot of people that, you know, will get very up in arms and, and, you know, speak negatively of people about it. Like it's, it's, I understand some people are not always in the best position to quarantine to the maximum 90 days and have them in a fully separate part of the house or in a different, you know, building or whatever the case may be. 
um, just understand it's a risk that you have to take. Like any time that I bring an animal into my collection um, with minimal quarantine, I understand it is a risk that I am taking. And ultimately it's my responsibility if I end up screwing myself over. Um, but that's why the people that I get my animals from and uh, it's few far between and people that I trust. Good stuff. Yeah. Quarantine. Do it or don't. Just don't cry if your whole collection dies. <laughs> Sorry. Well, so <laughs> since we since we talked about that animal a little bit that, that got sent back to me and why I have to do quarantine for the first time in three years, <clears throat> almost four. The, yeah. The, 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 the power, <clears throat> like the, the, the will and the strength that you have. Tonight. It's impressive. Right? Because you're saying, like, it's, I don't have any more room. Like, I'm looking at your enclosure that you got room for two more cages on top of that thing, dude. Over here? <laughs> yep. If I were to go with the same size enclosure, I could stack one more. There you go. That's one more snake that you could have had three years ago. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm, I'm thankful that I don't have the I'm on a, I'm disposable on a stool. income for that. I'm on a stool cleaning my top enclosures, man. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm. I'm, on a I'm stool also. I'm also thankful I'm not on a stool dealing with three ticks. Right. Um, <laughs> My nice ones go on the top. I will say that. I, I no, strategically plan it. Yes. This this was a weird one for me. I think we've kind of touched on this animal a little bit in previous episodes. I think even um, the last TikTok. Was yeah. it the last TikTok? I think so. We talked about the enlarged yeah. heart. Yeah. yeah, so I, I had one animal right off the bat that had an enlarged heart, and it was it was very evident, very obvious. Um, any animal with health defects, that's that's a no go on sending out. That's you know, unless I know someone very personally that wants to take on a, a special needs animal, that's absolutely a no go. Um, and I had a wild type that uh, someone ended up buying. I believe it was their first free tick as well. Um, and got out to them. Um, there were some issues um, in terms of offering food. Uh, it did end up getting food, and it, it's very healthy, thriving, eating great now. Um, but it presented an enlarged heart a couple months after I sent it out. And it wasn't visible when you sent it out, right? No, not at all. Uh, I have videos of, you know, me packing it up and you know it looked good i was you know i got videos of the animal after it was received everything was looking good and then you know all of a sudden um i got a message asking you know what does this look like to you and then you know also saw a post on the retic forums asking about you know what everyone else thinks it may be and you know right off the bat i knew what it was um you know it, it's something i had dealt with so, you know, it was pretty easy to identify. And so we came up with a plan to, you know, I had no other hatchlings that he was super interested in. He wanted a wild type. That was the only one of the clutch. Um, so I gave him a credit towards an animal in future breedings. Mm -hmm. um, but it just became very evident over just continued posting uh, in the retic forums that the enlarged heart was a, a very big point of contention for him. So mm -hmm. uh, I just felt it was in the animal's best interest and in my best interest to ask for that animal back. Mm -hmm. So Lucas, you're muted. Caught you. Fuck, that was the first Boom. one this year. Boom. Oh, 
Boom, roasted. <laughs> Damn it. Oh. <laughs> Man, I, the moment I open my mouth, too, if you if you play back the clip, you'll see my face like... Um, Nathan's like... <laughs> I knew right away. Um, well, well, one thing that, that I had noticed about this individual is... Um, you know, and I think that they cared a lot about the snake and, and oh, yeah, know, it, no, I think I think that... they honestly treated it incredibly. And, you know, there was a lot of care in sending the animal back in terms of uh, reaching out to me and uh, like just getting the animal packaged properly. Um, I was a little concerned when I opened the box because the heat tape had fallen. So I was like, oh, shit, Jeez. oh, shit. But animal was good. Um no, I, I think they, they cared for the animal fine. Um, I think what was my my issue was, you know, I, I'm very open and very uh, ready to help you, give you advice, uh, give you support. And it just felt like this person, you know, wasn't wanting that from me and would rather look for it elsewhere and, you know, was just really unhappy with the animal. So, you know in my mind it's just easier to have that animal back yeah full refund and i feel like especially for someone's first retake or first like species or snake in general like if you're going to be anxious or worried about it all the time and in and, and you're going to post you know do we think it's going to be okay or you know is is this an issue and it's it's something that comes up in the post often i think i would have done the same thing i would have reached out and said hey like I, I would rather your experience not be like this and i'll give you a full refund send the snake back um and you know I, i'll you know even i'll give you a discount on the next one like i'm sorry that this happened or i'll do something to yeah. make it right but at the end of the day i'm not um yeah i'm paying for the animal minus shipping uh it might take a little bit of time because you know i'm on a very strict income over here but you know, I, I have to make it right by the customer and I, I really want to make it right by the animal. Now, um, it's either that animal stays with me or it goes to someone I trust to take care of a special needs animal, knowing full well what issues it has and it may not. Yeah, local. So I can, you know, cool. I can assist where needed and, you know, this this snake can live in a good home. Also so, giving someone else the experience of a, a retic too, which I think is good. Right. Here's a good question. Um, how do you go about picking a pet only home? Like, are there certain requirements about the individual that you mm -hmm. want to have? Are there specific traits you're looking for? Because I've actually got a retic that I am looking for a forever home for. She is like a four-year-old old-school SD. She's like this big around at her biggest point. She just doesn't grow. But she was a partho baby. And she was born with a strange deformity in her neck. So it's almost like her neck is like just... It's just got a weird little kink in it. And it's never... Had an, like, I don't know, it's like just kind of someone, someone just punched it in the throat <laughs> something right there right just <laughs> just, uh, just that um it's never affected her eating it's never affected her health she's very voracious loves to eat and um she's a really cool animal but 
of course, like I would never feel comfortable about somebody breeding her because I don't know if that is a weird incubator flux that caused it. I don't know if it's a, a partho thing or if it's just a defect. So I, I think the one thing in my case that made it really easy is I, I know the person pretty well that's mm -hmm. getting the animal, um, has a pretty eclectic collection. And I also know he has no plans of breeding. He just really likes uh, the idea of having a, a small retake. Yeah. Um, so I just felt like it was a no brainer to mm -hmm. uh, let him have the opportunity. Yeah. But I, I think in your case that that's a little bit more touch and go. Yeah, for, yeah. for me, so I, I had a, a partho clutch as well with my Kalatoas and there was, you know, out of the uh, babies that actually hatched and came out the egg, there were two that had like when they were first starting off just kind of like a little minor wobble thing. Um, and I was just keeping an eye on it. Um, I had talked to a couple other breeders breeders, and they're like, Hey, just wait to see if it outgrows it. Typically they end up regaining some strength and it goes away. And, um, you know, so, um, those two that were there, I, I selected two homes for them. Uh, they happened to be Patreon members. Um, and I know that these, um, women have zero interest in breeding retics. They were just dying for a retic. They hadn't had a retic yet. Um, mm. and were looking for a super dwarf size small, but didn't want to pay the, you know, $2,000 for a pure super dwarf. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and so those two candidates were like, okay, they don't want to breed and you know, they, they really aren't in a, they like, I've known them long enough to know that they haven't put themselves in a position to like care to breed. Um, and we're looking for the first pet retaken for it to be pure so that it was guaranteed to be on the smaller side. Don't have to play the genetics odds with crosses, things like that. Um, and they had other snake species and liked other animals that they loved and cared for. Um, and that's ultimately what I'm looking for, for most buyers and any buyer really is, you know, they take good care of their animals and they, you know, want them, have passion for them. And even if that passion is to, to, you know, breed, right. Um, you know, as long as, you know, they, they have the right parameters and understand the, the work behind it. But, you know, in this case, it was just knowing two individuals that just really wanted pure super dwarf pets. Um, it was crazy as, you know, one of them can't even tell that it has any issues can, you know, slither right up and it, you know, perfectly fine. And the other one said it's dramatically less than it was when she first received it. Um, so, you know, I, I also told them that this isn't a snake guaranteed to, you know, live forever. Right. And by forever, I mean like the longevity of, you know, a normal snake lifespan, mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. let them know that up front discounted the price, like well over 75%. Um, and so now they just have, you know, as Nathan calls it, special need pet. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and, and I mean, with some of these animals, it's very possible they can live a pretty full, happy life. Yeah. And, and I just want to add, um, there were other animals in the clutch that were more severe that I called. Um, I, I am not about putting animals out with deformities, with issues, and, and just making them available for anybody to have or keep. These were literally two animals that I was just going to hold back and keep and see what happened with them. Um, 
And it just so happened that there were two people in our Patreon family that were looking for a really affordable Superdorf and don't have intentions to breed. And so I was like, Hey, I have this option. And, you know, I laid out everything and was fully transparent. Um, yeah. and they said, yeah, sign me up. And I couldn't be happier that they're, they're in their hands. That's, that's by the way, and Jamie and Amy. <laughs> I, I, I figured as Jamie much. And Amy. I, I, I didn't yeah. know, but I, I had it in my mind. Um, yeah, yeah I mean, it, just some level of excitement is something you want to see there for right. sure. Right. And I have to add, like when I got this animal back, like I was like, is this the same animal? I had to like make sure it's other little, like little inconsistencies were there. And like, <laughs> I, I, cause I was looking at, it, I'm like, I can hardly see an enlarged heart. It's, it's, you know, very, <laughs> very minor and not noticeable now. Right. So, yeah, and, and I can't. I can't speak in regards to like experience within large hearts and like the longevity and everything. But you know, someone. I, can, did, I mean, I can't either. Besides the the other um, animal that had the very noticeable one. Yeah, I know that there's a, a very well respected Superdorf breeder out there that you know commented on the original thread that that guy posted um, and said, "I've had snakes with them that as long as you don't feed them heavy and you know, obviously it's not a breeder animal. You know, they've had these snakes live for a long time." So enlarged heart doesn't necessarily mean it's the end of the world, but it's definitely not an animal that people should ever consider like reproducing or breeding again. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, that's kind of what's making me wonder. What's snaking you under? I was snaking me under. It literally sounds like you said snaking me, did it not? Nathan, back me up here. Yeah, no, I got you. (laughs) I'm backing you up. All right. Excellent. It was intentional then in that case. (laughs) Um, but it's like, I don't even know whether or not to ask a pet fee for this animal or just to try and find somebody very selective to send it to, you know, like I'm really on the fence about that because I do think that she would live a, a a fairly full life. Like it's just this weird thing in her neck and she's okay. Um, but it's like, do I feel comfortable taking money for this animal? I don't know that I do. So I I, I didn't. Did you yeah. pay for it? Kagan? No. You didn't pay for it? No. Yeah. I mean, at that point, if I didn't pay, now, obviously, you've fed it and you've done all that. And so you've put money into the snake. But like, if you didn't pay for the snake and, and, uh, um, I mean, the number one priority is just finding the right home, I guess. And if the right, right. home means just sending it. That's kind of what I was thinking too. Right, because you, you, you're, you're, you're sending a, you know, you got animals that you're moving out, and, you know, you're you're reducing size of collection, and you know, you you sold the the rodent stuff, and so, mm-hmm. at that point, it's just like finding the right home. Yeah, I, I know it would make me feel better because I, I I feel like, just the animal would be appreciated a little bit more for. Yeah. Well, word. If anybody listening is interested in a four-year-old teeny tiny old school super dwarf female you're uh, bro you're, you're gonna get that the like, punch that's, got a, that's got a little uh like <laughs> punch in the neck. throat <laughs> um when she's laying down all, you can't see it you're gonna get like incognito breeders who are literally just gonna be like oh she's four i'm gonna pair her oh no please don't. don't no it's gonna it. be a very selective i like i'm gonna want to see the setup that, and that's a that's a patreon i prefer to pet. know the person 
That's yeah. A, that's a hey, Patreon, Patreon members. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that sounds like we got a lot of people in the Patreon that love retics are getting their first or second and don't care to breed, mm-hmm. um, which, which I love by the way. And, and this is probably not a topic that we plan to talk about, but, uh, and it doesn't have to be, but I just, I love when people buy an animal just to, because they like the animal and want a pet and don't have mm-hmm. any intentions ever of breeding. Um, it's a quality that I need to work on. Um, cause I feel like every species that I get, I'm like, all right, now I want to breed you. And and it's not for the financial aspect. I guess it just like, that's what, you know, it excites me. I like to be able no, to produce the, and work with species, but yeah, there's something really cool that like, it's the same way with my brain. My wheels start just turning furiously because I'm like, wow, I appreciate and love this animal so much because it's got this really cool pattern. And then this other one has this weird zigzag or a stripe. And what would it make if I put them together? Like I go all mad scientists with it and like just want to see what happens when you throw them in the mixing pot. Would I have to? No, I don't have to. Yeah, and I feel like it's, uh, for me, it's more of like a, I'm keeping you and I want to understand you fully. And I feel like Mm -hmm. breeding is is really honing in on understanding what husbandry parameters you need yeah in order for that animal to be willing to give you a clutch yeah you know and and, that, and, and that's and that's not to say that if you breed you, you therefore keep your animals great because we know for a fact that yeah at least with retics <laughs> you can keep your animals like shit and they'll still mm-hmm. give you but you know i don't think every species are like retics retics are a whole different monster when it comes to you know withstanding neglect and still producing clutches mm-hmm. you can't neglect and, a green tree python and then breed for you they just won't oh no absolutely not and, and that's not to say that like i would breed those animals because i have animals in my collection that i love the patterns of and don't breed but that thought is still there right like even your, your black throat monitor that you just got rid of yeah my black rough right neck. That, yeah, or yeah, whoops, black roughneck. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I feel like that's an animal that you've had for what seven years? Seven years. By yeah. the way, I just watched that video today on YouTube. It was dope. I liked it. Ah, isn't that cool? <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, you had no intentions of breeding that animal. You've had it as a pet for seven years, but I'm sure in the mm-hmm. back of your mind, you're like, well, what would it be like if I could produce? Well, this? okay. So when he was a baby. Um, just like a lot of really cool baby roughnecks, he had these awesome bright blue spots on his lower back half. You know, he had that classic black roughneck monitor bullseye on the front of his face. So when he looked at you spot on, it was just like a little bullseye pattern, really cool. And then he had these cool stripes on his tail. And like, to be able to see those as hatchlings coming out of the egg and like maybe focus on animals that have bright blue or trying to produce those as animals that go into adulthood and keep those patterns because typically as the black roughnecks age, they, they grow out of all pattern, but roughnecks are incredibly hard to Dude, reproduce. Monitor breeding is not for me. <laughs> it just, I, I can't, I'll age 10 years before one clutch hatches after 150 days incubating. <laughs> no, thank you. I think some are like 180 days. No, see, fuck that. No. You get enough it's eggs in time. the incubator, you kind of just forget where they're at. You know, sure. Lucas, you're at that point. I mean, I will say, like, by Philippine, like, someone asked me today, hey, what day are your Philippines on? And I was like, I have no clue. Let's, like, let's see how many episodes it takes for Nate to convince Lucas to get into some monitors. But, oh, man. <laughs> oh, I, Baby I should, monitors? 
baby monitors are awesome. So uh, Jerry Wolf did have some some beautiful T negative baby albino water monitors, and Ooh. like they were so young. That's a yet, dream animal. Looking into their tub, there's some of them that are just like looking up at me, flicking their tongues, trying to get up closer to me, put my hand down in there, literally like crawling on my arm, checking me out. Like, what is this big thing? And I'm just like, oh my gosh. I feel like they're monitors, so cool. feel baby like monitors. water monitors, especially, they're, they're yeah, something special. They're, and they're prehistoric, yeah. but I feel like water monitors, the way that they look and study and observe you, make humans feel dumb. Like that's how like intelligent and how much their brain is spinning. Like I, yeah, I look at how much. I don't know. Engaged. Our lizard or overlords haven't taken over yet, at least that we know of. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> Not yet, but they're here. They're here. But they're I, here. I mean, look at look at Mark Zuckerberg and Elon Musk. You're tell me those aren't. I, I saw people. him at the fights a couple weeks ago. It was weird. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like the, the, those are lizard people. Can we get sued for saying that? <laughs> Hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> Hopefully. Take take the retake lounge for all we're worth, all four dollars in the first month that we've accrued since That's we when can we've made it, monetize. <laughs> when the lawsuits start rolling in, right then we'll get views. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it's great. Ah, uh, so hey. yeah, Kagan, do you want to jump us into this next one? Because it, it's something I know Lucas is kind of itching to talk about a little bit. Fired up about get, a little dude, bit? I get, I get fired up about it a little bit, especially because there was a comment today that, that you know, the, the god of retics posted that kind of negated my argument mm-hmm. on this topic that we touched on last week with Weston. Yeah. Um, Go, and that go. is whether or not um, mainland reticulated pythons in captive propagation are slowly losing their size potential of of the giants. Yeah. Question uh, mark. Is it yeah. a thing? So I mean, I, I gotta. I, I can. I can get on my soapbox here. So I'm gonna like hold my breath Jump for a up. second. No, no, no. no, no. Can I just give my 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 yeah, no. absolute two cents since I, I have no skin in the game? I, I feel like I, Nathan's I, gonna be like, I don't give a fuck. No, <laughs> that's that's kind of true. Um, but no, in, in what I've seen and in just like historical pictures, like what I think back to, uh, like right off the bat, is our history of reticulated pythons that we did with Glenn. Yeah, I mean, we we previewed some of the pictures of you know some of the tanned skins that were hanging in warehouses um, mm-hmm. back in the day, and these animals were ginormous, right? Larger than anything I've seen in captivity. So, my my two cents would be it would be a little silly to think they're not shrinking down a little bit, yeah, in so true like- size potential of a, like a giant wild reticulated python. Right. And so even the very first reticulated python that I ever got was like a male albino, something like this. And this was forever ago. I just remember feeding this animal and it felt like after every single meal, he was really getting bigger. I mean, just like I and I wasn't feeding him huge meals. Mm -hmm. It, It just seemed like I could really observe that growth rate so much quicker. And uh, now it seems like, like I give my dang platinum anthrax girl like three pound rabbits that, you know, her stomach's normally this big. And then I give her that rabbit and she's like this big around. 
And I give her those meals and I'm like, are you growing at all? Like after she's passed it and after it's all done, I'm like, what? I I have a five-year-old tiger (laughs) female that like, I swear still looks like a sub adult. And Mm -hmm. I do the same thing. I give her big meals, big lumps and does, does nothing to her. Right. Yeah. Uh, I, I like you two are talking very loosely about it, and I feel like my tone to this is going to be way too serious for the vibe right now. Unleash, so, uh, unleash. So I, so like disclaimer, real quick. This disclaimer is that my opinions on this. I'm not speaking as these are matter of fact. Okay, so don't don't come at me, and if you do, I'm sorry. You're spending time to argue with me. It's really not worth it. Um. So he, he might give you the time though. Maybe if maybe you catch me, if you catch me on, <laughs> if you catch me on a bad day. Um, so um, comments. right. Uh, <laughs> I just don't like when people are mean to others. Like I was doing so good this year on having a positive social media presence, and then this whole post uh, with me po- sharing the episode of Weston, ghost, baby. Posting Dude, I, I posted, but but these guys were shitting on on someone that, and I was just like, you got like everything you're saying is so off key to the truth and you need to be told that you're an idiot. So, <laughs> um, so I'm sorry for everyone. Um, I'm not being a hypocrite, but there, I have bad days. Okay. I do. Uh, I'm, I'm trying and I'm saying that honestly. Um, I am. So the more, the more you ghost though, the more you miss all of this crap. It's great. No, I know. But I mean, yeah, it is nice to go on like other like groups <laughs> It, it, to, just, it just it just shows me more read. and more each day how 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 little Facebook matters in this world. Right. The only, I mean, yeah, you know, but I will say, selling animals and like having that Facebook presence is, you know, it, it does help. Yeah, Instagram, and I will say that, like, from my Slayer clutch that sold out, I would say that the majority of my sales did come from Facebook, though. Okay. Um, mm. And and when I say that, I mean Facebook messages. Um, and, and some of the big, like some of the big name people that are getting a pair, like people that I truly respect the hell out of, they were all from Facebook messenger as well. Um, anyways, our main little retakes getting, but, oh, but not, not on the forums, right? N- no, but they saw my post on the forums okay. and then they yeah, reached that's, out that's to fair. me. I mean, yeah, you can still post a ghost there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> post some ghosts. Um, I like that. Um, all right. So our main limb retakes getting smaller. Um, like from an observation perspective, how many of you people actually are seeing giants being posted on social media Mm -hmm. in the United States or even elsewhere, right? Like I know of two European keepers that have massive animals and I know of less than five people in the U S um, less than five. Yeah. I mean, who else like. Try to name in your hand like five people in the U.S. that have massive animals that are not stupidly obese. That that's one of the points that I'm going to get oh, into. Okay, that's that's fair, right? Because that, Jay, Jay, Bob, but, but Jay, Jay, even though he he may have the most obese retics anyone's ever seen, still probably has some giants in his collection. If I but he's guess. got older bloodlines. Like so, yeah. I well, bet those animals are. So that that's that's one thing that I guess is part of this argument, right? Like what we are observing is we don't see big snakes being posted, right? And so I think that there's multiple factors of this. Um, we do. It's just not many. Few and far between. Uh, 
Yeah. You know, but for as long as retics have been in the US, why? Right? Like mm-hmm. why why don't we see more of it? Like I I mean at this point, even though I'm not about like big monster retics like to keep myself, I would much rather see people post their monsters and their hatchlings that are just solid yellow snakes because they have eight genes in them. So my theory is that the true giants that we were able to import in in the past weren't able to thrive in the conditions we were giving them, i.e. just small caging and, you know, just improper husbandry. Mm-hmm. Um, that the the smaller animals and the animals that were able to adapt to some of our, you know, substandard keeping for these animals were right. the ones that were able to breed. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that that's a good point. And also I just again disclaimer, the three of us here total have that, less than like have less than like eight, oh, 20 that was, years that, experience. We're just starting to talk about this. This is just yeah. a throwing a, a theory on throwing at the wall. Yeah, we're we're literally mm-hmm. just like we're we're our thoughts are wet noodles seeing if they stick and if it makes sense. I was going to say we're throwing spaghetti. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> But yeah, so I understand that the three of us combined haven't been alive long enough to even see some of these monsters that might be out there. But you got to think about like the inbreeding that has happened with the more phase and the, the world's first phase. Um, yeah. That's got to play a role in why we're not seeing some of these massive animals. Also, the fact that you never see people post pictures of snakes that are 20, 25 years old. That doesn't happen in the U.S. because... I just don't think we historically have kept them good enough for them to see the day where they can get very, very large. Um, mm-hmm. And I also feel that over the last like six to eight years with the pressure of like, you don't want to retick that like most, most old school breeders do not want to feed their retics the size of animal, the, the size of prey to where they're going to outgrow their 632 vision cage because they're not going to get a bigger enclosure. Yeah. And so yeah. we're, we're feeding them less. We're breeding them. We're feeding them less and we're breeding them. And so the animals that can adapt to that condition can, right. You and, know, remain in the hobby. And, and people argue this theory, but this is exactly the like this is exactly what insular dwarfism is it's it's them adapting to smaller prey this that's the super dwarf and dwarf animals that say smaller it's them adapting to smaller prey sizes on smaller islands with less large food available which is why super dwarfs and dwarfs exist and so mm-hmm. you know i've said this before but like we are reversing the the length of true potential for mainland you know growth potential to being very large because of how we are inbreeding like crazy and how we're we're failing to actually give them the calories that they need and the healthy longevity life that they deserve to see these monsters and i've said this before where i think we're doing the opposite to superdors superdors on the islands are eating bats and and lizards and you know some rodents that that daniel solis has said and you know there are a few and far between people that are feeding super dwarf retics like they eat in the wild. I know Daniel Solis has said that he started to feed smaller, more regular meals. Um, mm. And, you know, and at this point, like 
anybody can feed the retic the way that they want as long as the retic is healthy. But I also feel that like they're no longer on an island starving looking for their next meal or eating very small meals. We don't have to subject them to that life. So we're mm-hmm. feeding them larger meals naturally. And I think through time, we're going to start to see the pure superdorf localities, Madu, Karumpa, Kalatoa here in the U.S., you know, in, in 10 years, these animals that, you know, are born 10 years from now, when they are 15 years old, they're going to be upwards of 12 feet. They're, they're no longer going to be the eight to nine foot animal. They're going to, you know, start to be. So I think it's an interesting theory, especially because of a point I was going to make. I mean, just retics have one of the largest ranges and have shown that they're one of the most quickly adaptable animals on on this planet Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like the things they're able to overcome and and their their will to survive is insane so to think that couldn't be a possibility would be a little naive i guess i think there's another thing too where it's like the prey items that we're offering these animals you know fatty rodents for the most part is what most people are going to feed is contributing to a larger meal, more fat stored, where in the wild, these super dwarves are going to be catching bats in trees, catching birds, really lean mammals that feed off of seeds and not FRM rodent chow. And not not to mention they are perched up on a cave rock wall, constantly Mm -hmm. burning calories of climbing and using their their muscles constantly Mm -hmm. and burning off the little bit of fat that the food that they have (laughs) that they're Mm -hmm. eating. Um, and yeah, and, and also on the flip side with mainland, how many people do you know off the top of your hands that are going to a farm and saying, you got any deers? Like, do you, do you have any cows? Like, no, we're not feeding what these massive animals in the wild are eating. Um, I've, I've seen some pretty damn big rabbits, but no, yeah, me I don't too, know but I mean, sustain. Yeah. And the mm-hmm. rabbits are, are a lot more lean than rats, but when you start getting up to 10 to 12 pound rabbits, those are fat rabbits. <laughs> yeah. Dude, they're yeah. huge. No, um, I, I've always said rabbits are one of my favorite proteins to grow a retic because they're so lean. And that's ultimately what I want my retic to be. Right. Mm-hmm. I want it to be loaded up with fat. Yeah. So we're just not, I think with the mainlands, we're not giving them the calories that they need in order to, to reach that giant size and then like you mentioned when you're feeding rats like i can't tell you how many people i see that they're like yeah i just fed my retake for colossal rats and it's like why don't you just feed it a five pound rabbit like mm-hmm. um you know and a lot or of people chicken. right or yeah or big chickens um but even then if chickens are your only source of prey item how big are you gonna get a retake mm-hmm. like like how big can a chicken get and then chickens are also lean <laughs> I think it's more like how many can you fit right exactly. <laughs> yeah. exactly. they take up a lot of freezer space too those big chickens they do. yeah they do they definitely do um so i and i know like we had weston on and we talked a little bit about this last last episode but i i have seen weston feed goats to his retakes that's how you get a retick to be 20 foot plus um mm-hmm. And then also just like when we talk about the genetics of thing, he has that Malaysian Sula cross. That's an F1. That's a five-year-old animal that's already pushing 16, 17 feet. Those are massive genetics, right? When's the last time you saw a four or five-year-old mainland 
that big. You don't. You see them at breeding at 11 feet at four or five years old, and they have a clutch of only 20 <laughs> eggs. But I, I, I also think Weston would argue that, you know, you need to see it through a little bit longer than the four to five year mark to oh, for sure. really for see sure. their size potential. For sure. But I, I guess the point that I'm making with that is is the giant genetics and being able to see a 16 foot animal in five years, that is what makes giant animals. And we're just not seeing that with morph crosses in the inbreeding, you know, and, and, you know, yes, Bob and yes, Jay and other big breeders have huge giant retakes, but I have yet to see one that is a healthy body composition. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and again, no, no, like not throwing shade and I'm not hating on them for that, but, um, it is hard to get a healthy retic to 20 feet with the cage space that 99% of the keepers and breeders keep them in. It's just not possible. Yeah. there. I mean, especially when they get to that size, they're simply just not getting the exercise they need to be able to stay that lean. Yeah. So if you're looking for matter of fact, our mainland retic staying smaller. Yes. No, I'm joking. But that's just my, that's my opinion. <laughs> I, I would say that's my opinion too. I mean, you worked with some pretty damn big snakes, Kagan. Um, mm-hmm. Like y- you've added some information to this topic, but like, what are your, like, I want, I want a black and white answer right now. Oh shit. What uh, side do you sit on? What side? And if it's the wrong side, you're out. I, oh, well shit. I... <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm, gen- I'm genuinely uh, curious. It so it it really does seem like they are getting smaller, but it might just be I don't know, man. It's so hard to say because like people have found out that you know they don't have to be absolutely freaking massive to breed. They can be a healthy weight, a healthy size, healthy body fat content. You know they can be like this big around as a mainland and still produce a clutch. And if you breed them that early, I want to say I heard somewhere or I read somewhere that like when you breed something younger or at a smaller size, it tends to stay that size or not stay that size, but stay smaller than the potential it could have reached if, uh, if, if you had just pushed it further before breeding it. So you're saying that potential early breeding could potentially stunt. stunt the growth of an animal. So I, I kind of yeah. have a, I have a theory on why that, that logic makes sense. Again, these, none of these are like factual, but I feel like no, if, if, you, if, if you breed a female early, right, that female is losing resources each year that it's breeding, that it could be utilizing for growth. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's where that comes from, right? So every year it's depleting all of its resources to having a clutch early in its life. And then you spend the next season catching it up to where it was to mm-hmm. then start to add growth. And then by that time, most breeders are like, let's put in a male with her again. Mm-hmm. And and that's, that's, I think, why that theory or that idea could make sense. Yeah. Um, and in my mind might be thinking of mammals, and not reptiles. So if I'm if I'm off on that, I apologize. But I mean, it makes yeah. sense with reptiles. Like I, I I can see that argument. Um, you know, but but to your point, I think people, you know, maybe the maybe the 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 size for giants is has always been there, but maybe just people aren't unleashing that potential, and maybe that's mm-hmm. why we're making these 
inferences and these conclusions that they're getting smaller. Maybe. Yeah. 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 Good talk. Sorry for the rant. No, Just, I, I think I think it was good for all of us to kind of work off of your thoughts on it. I know it was helpful for me. So <laughs> here's, here's I, a, I, I had no real like major thoughts on the issue until we started going on it. So right here's a, here's a positive, uplifting ending topic that I didn't priorly discuss with my co-host. <laughs> but um, so here's here's what I love seeing in the discord we recently got a new member i believe her name is kim brumwell is that right catherine close catherine Catherine, sorry catherine brumwell um so she came in was super excited like i want to learn about retics i'm looking forward to getting my first one can you guys give me some pointers on these things that i'm looking at she She, she's basically the discord member that we've always been talking about that we want to join Right. Yeah, someone it's, it's who's wonderful. never owned one but wants to learn. Yeah, and she came in asking questions, lots of questions ready to go. She kind of broke it down like, okay, here's the requirements that I need to that I need to stay within because I have state laws that say I need to keep this animal smaller. And she was, you know, willing to be like, what do you guys think about these two different animals? And, uh, you know, she was able to come to a conclusion on the animal that would be best for her. And I thought that was really beautiful. And not only that, but recently she was able to go over to uh, Jordan Carpenter's place of Heartland Reptiles. And she was able to see some of his wonderful babies in person and check out his really cool enclosures. And she said that that experience was really, really awesome. So I thought that was how, how important is that though, for, for a new retic keeper getting that hands-on experience. Oh, dude, that's super important. I mean, like being able to see, so, okay. It's really easy to fall in love with the babies, right? Because not only are they cute, they're inquisitive, but they're, they're so they're, dumb looking. It's adorable. They're, yeah, I got the big buggy eyes. Um, but being able to see and interact with what these animals have the potential to grow into, that's a different thing. And, and being able to familiarize yourself with that firsthand, I think that's really important. Yeah, no, I had someone come over yesterday, like I was saying, that you know, doesn't have any retics, but is very interested in them. And uh, my good buddy, Joe, that works with Reach Out, um, sent him over to me just because he knew that I was close to him. Mm-hmm. Um, but this guy, he helps out over at Clint's Reptiles Room. Um, and, you know, he has experience with reticulated pythons, but he was like, I want to see the true size potential of like, an eight-year-old super dwarf reticulated python and i can't Mm -hmm. really get that where i'm at and so he he came over and was able to get hands-on with something like that before you know jumping in and making that big investment yeah Mm -hmm. i i didn't get that experience unfortunately i I, I, I wish i did so i feel bad for yeah no i i wish i did um you know growing up i had a a berm that got to a good size and you know, I'd go to the zoo and be the first in line to hold the big albino berm and, mm. um, and just retics always fascinated me. So I kind of just had this like fire inside of me that was like, regardless of how big this Kaiwadi turns, I, I want to, and I jumped in, but I started with the baby and I grew with it. And then a year and a half later, I got wild cots and that's where everything went South for me. But, um, but that, that, that was just, um, 
you know, I, I definitely jumped in on the deep end and it's, it's, I don't recommend it, but you know, you can absolutely still have a, a good experience, you know, doing that. But yeah, I mean, James, James Gary, he's on the, um, he's on our Patreon as well. And he, he found all of Garrett's awesome videos on YouTube with, you know, super dwarfs and he wanted to get into retakes. He ran into our podcast and he's like, yeah, I was like eight episodes in where I realized you were in San Antonio and he's in, you know, he's in San Antonio or just outside of it. Uh, and coincidentally only lives like 10 minutes away. And he joined the discord. He reached out to me. I was like, Hey, like I want to come see these animals in person. And now he comes over like two times a week. And, <laughs> and after, after getting that experience and after doing that two times a week for about a month, he was like, yeah, I want one. I'm in. <laughs> um, no. And I mean, and he literally, he just deep, just bought a female Slayer. Lucas, um, isn't it, isn't it weird to not weird to you, but like just a little, like it's new that like someone you're just meeting has listened to like, stuff you've put out so much of your voice <laughs> yeah, right, yeah right. Th th this guy that came over he only found our podcast a few weeks ago when he started talking with reach out and he's you like yeah i'm already reach out fancy reach out oh <laughs> i didn't know it's nice it, it's got a good ring to it oh cool. well yeah he, he found us through through them <laughs> like i'm hesitant to say it now um but no he found us through them and he's like yeah i've listened to like 60 episodes or so and then he told me how long he's been yeah. listening. I was like, oh, wow. Like, uh, okay. Like, yeah. So you what, know me what very we, well. What we're doing, like, actually might matter a little bit. That's, that's kind of sweet to hear. Right. No, it definitely is weird. Um, I don't think I'll ever get used to it because I, I, you know, uh, for us doing this, it was never about like recognition or, or mm -mm. people finding us. Um, it was just putting out the information. Yeah. And also just like, I don't know what, what more can we do in our busy schedules to be even more busy. Right. Um, but yeah, no, it, it definitely, it's a, it's a good feeling. And just the fact that I've been able to gain a friend like James because of the podcast who I was able to facilitate and confirm his interest in retakes. And now he's getting his first one. Like that's what feels awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I do want to close on one thing real quick before we wrap up. Um, do you two have anything else before we wrap up? No, I think I'm good. Okay. I have so, dropped all my surprises. Yeah. So, so Kagan gave a big shout out to our sponsors earlier. We played the ad and I just wanted to say, uh, this is going to be for now, the last episode that we are going to be having focus cube, uh, designs as a sponsor. Um, and that's not, for a falling out with Steven or Ashley, we still talk to them and, and love them dearly. And Th those are some of my favorite people. In yeah. And in, in the world, um, their enclosures, we will still talk about. They have some of the best pre-set up super dwarf enclosures out there for your you new. You better super believe my tree monitor is going to be one of their ascents. Yeah. Like there's I, no doubt. Yeah. I, I, I love Jordan, but like, just the way those are set up like that belongs oh, in my living yeah. room no they're they're mm -hmm. sexy they're beautiful every single one of my uh chondro enclosures from the tiny little hanger ones to my three by two by two mm -hmm. um you know but i just wanted to say thank you so much to steven and ashley for sponsoring us in our first year of our podcast when we were new and didn't have a big viewership they trusted us we built a good relationship and we just wanted Lucas, to thank you guys I'm, I'm about to put you on the spot you ready yeah 
how about instead of how we ran things last year, <laughs> we sit down with them at Bill's and try to do the podcast there. That they're not going, at least not in April. Don't yeah, make me yeah, I'm sorry. Don't make me return my ticket right now. I know. I know. Uh, they're not I, I asked them because I was gonna put in another big order and pick it up. Uh we're ending for this, this episode on such a high note, and then now I, I want to cry. Um, Can we but, just stop? <laughs> right? Like, again, I, I just wanted to say thank you to Stephen and Ashley and Focus Cube. Um, and we we decided that we were going to just change directions for this year and bring on, starting in our next episode, Heartland Reptiles and Heartland's Enclosures. Um, Jordan, we just did an episode with and talked about his cages. I have one in my possession and, um, as far as retake enclosures go and like the bulletproof of enclosures, um, we, we absolutely like love what he is doing. Um, and he's new in this and, and, you know, it just, it was a great fit for a platform for him to get some more recognition and name and eyes on his enclosures and, uh. Yeah, so we're looking forward to partnering with Jordan starting on our very next episode. And uh, yeah, just thank you again, Stephen and Ashley. Yeah, mm. y'all are the best for sure. Yeah. Um, on that note, that's episode 83. Uh, remember, if you guys are listening to us for the first time, hit that subscribe button. And if you guys are interested, join our Patreon at five bucks a month. It'll probably be one of the best could be the worst decision if you don't like notifications blowing up your phone all day but yeah <laughs> and if you're if you, you watch this every week and you're not subscribed what are you doing we do fun retick things here subscribe right subscribe <laughs> bring that notification bell <laughs> all right everyone have a good one i'm keeping that on okay <laughs> <laughs>